Good afternoon, and welcome to the Nurtured Heart Approach September podcast. I'm Catherine Stafford here in Washington State. I'm a licensed clinical social worker in private practice and a Nurtured Heart Approach advanced trainer, counselor, and author. I am co-hosting with my friend Howard Glasser, who is joining us today from Tucson, Arizona. Howard is the creator of the Nurtured Heart Approach, and he is chairman of the Children's Success Foundation. Hello, Howie. Hi, Catherine. How are you? I am fine. It's so Sunday great to afternoon. Be here today. Yeah. So it's it's kind of different doing it on a factor. What's that? I was saying it's kind of drawn me a little bit. It's a Sunday afternoon. There's a hustle <laughs> and bustle going on, and we are stopping the world to talk about this fantastic topic with I our amazing guests. love the way of looking at it. We just uh, got very creative to make this happen in the best possible way, and it's perfect. And I have the blessing of uh, Alice Glasser being in the house. So um, it's just one miracle after another. That's fantastic. I love that you've got your daughter kind of in the background. I have all my family here and a couple of workmen, so we're all just <laughs> doing this together on a Sunday afternoon. We are. I we love are. that. Well, before we introduce our guests, I want to thank listeners for their time spent attending to our broadcast. We're having a special afternoon recorded edition to accommodate the commitments that our guests have in their very, very busy lives. We appreciate their time as well as yours and for the interest in the topic. And we hope that this show inspires you and provides ideas to take into your classroom and schools. Our topic today is Nurtured Heart Approach Infused IEPs and 504s, perfect topic for September and back to school. We have two wonderful guests, both parents and both school district employees, who will be working closely with the development process of IEP and 504 and behavior support plans in their schools. Our first guest is Veronica Coates, who is an advanced trainer in the Nurtured Heart Approach and who works in the educational system. She coordinates a school-based mental health program in Northern California for at-risk and emotionally intensive students. Nurtured Heart is the foundation of the program, and 100% of her staff are trained. She's also a credentialed school psychologist and counselor who has always had a passion for students with emotional and behavioral challenges, and she says her biggest triumph and honor is raising her son Holden with her partner, Jesse. Hello, Veronica. Hi, Catherine. What a wonderful Hi. welcoming. <laughs> Hi. I almost said good morning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for joining us again. You've been on, I think this is your second or third time, and we're always so happy to have you and your expertise, so thank you for that. Our second amazing guest is Doreen O'Brien, who is currently a certified special ed teacher at a K-5 elementary school specifically designated for children with special ed qualifications with intense and challenging behavioral issues that cause them, and she says, as yet to be unable to attend their neighborhood schools. Doreen uses Nurtured Heart in her classroom with amazing results, and she is a proud mother of two intense and challenging autistic sons, age 12 and 9, who have been raised on Nurtured Heart Approach, and she's convinced that that is why Garrett and Rowan are so incredibly successful students in their neighborhood schools. Good afternoon, Doreen. Good afternoon, Catherine and Howie and Veronica. I'm so happy to be with you. Thanks for joining us. We are so pleased to have you here, both. Thank you both for your flexibility with the time. It was kind of a last-minute hustle and bustle to get you all here, and we're so glad to have you guys spending a little bit of your Sunday afternoon with us. Um, This is a big topic, I think, right now for everybody going back to school. Veronica, I know you have extensive experience with this in in the school setting, and Doreen, I know you have it both as a mother and also within the school setting. So I'm wondering, Veronica, since you've been doing this kind of pre- and post-nurtured heart, maybe starting with the idea of, IEPs, 504s, there's so much that that holds in terms of how people look at and define kids. If you can think back about how it used to be for you when you, when you created those documents before Nurture Heart Approach. 
Right. That's a great question. Um, I'm even thinking back to grad school because they don't really teach you how to write an IEP. It's just you're thrown into it once you start the job, once you start your internships. And I remember I've always had um, a passion and, and a strength in relationship building, especially with the parents that I work with. I think it's vital that um, parents, we build a trust with them so that they can accept some hard information oftentimes from us. Um, from the, for, for the people that they love and cherish the most. Mm-hmm. So as I was going into these IEPs, you know, as this idealistic young woman, I was finding it wasn't congruent with um, the relationships I was having with my parents. We would get into the meeting, and instead of my natural kind of instinct to go strength-based, the IEP inherently, the, just the paperwork here in California is – is very deficit-based. Does the paperwork lead you through everything that's wrong with the child, so to speak? At least that's mm-hmm. what I was finding my parents were feeling like after I would talk to them after the IEP. Um, there's one little box on our IEP, one tiny little box of strength. And so it was very incongruent with my practice, incongruent with how I felt about the child I was working with, and incongruent with the relationship of the parents. So I immediately started to try and revamp how I could insert strength into this very deficit model of a, of a system already in place. Mm. So did you find that you were actually revamping the, the actual the flow of the, the forms that you were using, or what did you do? How did you do that? I think some of it was just at, at the first, in the beginning of the stages of this, it was before I knew Nurtured Heart, I was searching for some way to um, switch the energy of the IEP because there are things you have to get through in a legal sense to get through the IEP. So I knew that. I knew we had to be compliant and we had to follow the law and and whatnot. But we could also do this in a way where we flipped that energy and could insert the strengths within parts that were not being implemented. So I think some of it was in the beginning stages of this evolution some of it was just in a conversation, and I would be, in essence, kind of resetting the team when um, they got off track and would go over and over like a tape recorder of what was wrong with the child, and I would just reset them and say, I think that's been discussed. I think we, it's time for us to move on to something else or just reframing it into, well, that's something the child's working on rather than this is something the child needs to be working on, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love the way you worded that, Veronica. That you reset the team. I'm going to be practicing that this year. Before you, Doreen, before you go on, for people who don't know, uh, listening to this, how many members of a team are there, and and how how powerful is the gravity towards Mm -hmm. then towards this? Do they get they get totally lost in this spiraling of negative thought about the child? um, So I'll. I'll stop there and see. Wait for your answer. Veronica. Go ahead, Veronica. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I would. Yes, I mean, for listeners who aren't familiar with IEPs, they can be from anywhere, maybe five individuals. I would say is average to up mm-hmm. to 15. If you have an intense kid that yep. you know has a lot of agencies involved, a lot of service providers. Most of the IEPs I attend, I would say there's more than 10 people at the table. Wow. 10 adults. And do people and really get parents, lost in this that you're describing yes. so beautifully? I, I feel like parents, I can see the glass form over their eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you can see them check out and not for the sake of not wanting to hear the information, but I think just in the simple fact of there's 10 adults talking about what's wrong with my child. My so goodness. You so if you didn't break the spell by resetting to, you know, strength-based, it would just keep going. Oh, yes. For, I mean, up to an hour plus, um, two, three hours. And parents, um, Doreen, in our pre-show, was talking about how she really, and she'll talk about this, I know, how she really feels for the parents that aren't like her, that aren't educators. You know, even highly educated parents who aren't educators would get lost in this complexity just of the system, let alone this circular talk about, you know, very negative things about their child. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Well, all the intention, though, I think it's really thinking about that intention. The intention of all of those adults is to help the child. So it is um, kind of an art, but it is, it, there is an ability to reset it because I believe for the most part there is, an, there is a common intention. So it's really trying to find the common intention and building on that rather than mm-hmm. building on wrong, wrong, negative, negative. Right. right. And so Veronica, resetting that. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you setting back to that idea. Yeah. 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 We're, I'm sorry about that, Doreen. I was just going to say that oh, okay. the intention back to the whole goal of these IEPs is to help a child be successful in school, right? right? To feel yeah. to be successful in school. I love that you're here, Doreen, and I love that you have this long history of IEPs with your two amazing kids who I've had the privilege of meeting. Um, can you think back to preschool mom? Preschool mom, Doreen, with two kids who go off to preschool and suddenly they're having some challenges, how that felt to be that mom at that table of that very first IEP with Garrett? Uh, well, comfortable because I knew the process. Mm-hmm. So, and, and Veronica pointed out, my, my situation already being a certified special ed teacher is completely different than, you know, 95% of parents that walk in and go through the initial process of certification. You know, mm-hmm. it's, they already come in walking in the door feeling, you know, a negativity and an upset because their child's getting, you know, from their point of view, a label that they may or may not yet agree with, that they mm-hmm. may or not feel comfortable with, and they may or may not know very much about. Because the terms of all these certifications have changed a right. lot. Veronica can speak to that too, and they've been yeah. more further defined. But for me personally, it was easy. I already I knew the teachers in a, in a lot of ways, but I knew the process, and I knew what I wanted. So I knew what I wanted on my son's IEPs. So I've rewritten and presented, you know, what I wanted. Plus, I know how to, you know, speak the language in an IEP meeting to get specific goals and objectives to say what I want mm-hmm. them to say. The only thing I can't get them to say up here is nobody knows what Nurtured Heart is yet. Now that I'm back in the district, they will soon. Um, right. But I, you can't get it legally placed on an IEP other than the box that Veronica discussed, student strengths, where mm-hmm. I could end parent comments. Then I could detail how that's part of you know what we do at home and part of what works. But that's as far as they would allow it up here. However, I can get the language wording resets here and there, you know, built in a little bit, and teachers would pick that up. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I'm a rule breaker. I just put it in the IEP now. <laughs> At a girl. Let's talk about that, Veronica. Let's talk about how they look now that you are so amazing at this nurtured heart infusion. You know, tell us about how you're doing that. When you, when you call together a team and you've got either a, a revision or a new kiddo coming through your door for this meeting, how's that looking for you? 
Um, I think a lot of it is, again, right back to what I used to do, is establishing the trust with with the parents. Mm -hmm. Because there are, at times, things you need to talk to them about that may be difficult. So I think a lot of that can happen outside of the IEP, because in California we actually have a service called Parent Counseling. And nice. it's all, you know, in all, yeah, in our program, it's based on Nurtured Heart. So we're already doing that with, I would say, 90% of the parents we work with. So it's an easy way of sharing concerns from the team. We, we kind of serve as a conduit for the teacher, the administrator, all of those educational team members of what their concerns are, mm-hmm. and can share them with the parent in a very trustful, Nurtured Heart way in parent counseling. So when some of that talk gets started at the IEP, the clinician or myself can say, you know, we've already addressed this with the parent. Let's talk about what the child is doing right. Let's talk about what the child is working on. Let's, and so we just shift it. And we don't just let the strength box get glossed over. We don't mm-hmm. just say, okay, we're going to talk about strengths. Oh, no one wants to talk about strengths. We're going to move on. We sit there in that space for a while. And we mm-hmm. keep talking about it. We keep referring back to that strength. Um, And we start setting the child up for success. We use Shamu in the IEP a lot. So we don't don't write these insurmountable goals. I I think that um, Doreen could probably talk a little bit about this because she said she rewrote her child's goals in their IEP. Mm -hmm. Sometimes these goals read like a foreign language, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like they have to progress four out of five times, 80% of the time over nine out of 12 months. I mean, it's so many fractions. You're doing algebra trying to figure out what the child's doing. Mm -hmm. So we're doing really simple goals, really simple baselines, but they're set up for the child to achieve them. Can I I, um, pause there for a second? Um, So you're being very purposeful. You're making, you're you're commandeering this meeting and making it into a a uh, success oriented meeting and it yep. and 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 I guess I'm gathering that you're making it successful for you're making it part of your mission to not only acknowledge the child which I hear loud and clear but acknowledge the the people on the team too and yes. including the parents absolutely yes every all of the adults I feel also benefit from the use of the de- approach before mm-hmm. during and after the meeting because, like we said, we, want, we all have the same intention of working for this child, but these meetings are very anxiety-provoking, I think, mm-hmm. for all the adults. So some of it, I feel, has been just our team really, yeah, command, taking command of the meeting. Um, it alleviates the anxiety of the teacher. It alleviates the anxiety of the parent, and then we can lead into that success, strength-based model rather than the deficit model. Mm. The problem I love that. How, yeah. The challenge is the paperwork works against us. Mm-hmm. So it it's really infusing the language that I was just speaking of into those boxes. I mean, we, we have to, I mean, literally, we have to check boxes and fill them out. So how do you infuse that into the boxes? And it's really just changing the wording instead of, you know, you know Veronica has an issue with or Veronica um, struggles with it is Veronica right. working on. Veronica is progressing mm-hmm. on. Veronica is instead of mm. Veronica is not. Yes, mm. she's excellent at this. Mm. I was just going to say the 
the steering the parent part of the meeting, I just did it yesterday with a parent at my school who has, you know, traditionally heard how his son is instigating this and causing that and, you know, all these issues. And as soon as he started talking to me for the first time on the phone a week ago, I started explaining to him all these amazing things his son can do, which is true. Right. And all these uh, things that, you know, I was seeing about this kind, compassionate heart in this boy, you know, who may be 10 years old, but he's dealing with a two- and three-year-old level emotional need still due to trauma in his past. Mm-hmm. But he has all these amazing skills. And, uh, you know, I've taught my class to reset. And the father blew me away when he told me that his son had come home and started using these at home to reset himself when he was starting to be upset or starting to handle something. Um, and so we were able to talk about this at, at this meeting yesterday and it was wonderful you know and so it helped the other professionals that were there who weren't accustomed to this and some of them were outside of the school district agency personnel really steer the conversation to you know the father contributing all these additional great things that we you know would continue to move forward for on his goals so it's completely like Veronica said, the way you word it and the way you choose to steer things makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And up here, the teacher, in my position, we lead the meetings almost as much as, say, a person in Veronica's you know, position equal. Mm-hmm. So it really makes a difference. Right. And we all, you know, being trained in the approach, we know that some of the qualities people are seeing as concerns in children are actually and can be strengths. I mean, instigating could be that that child is actually a leader. Mm. So it's also flipping it and saying, you know, this child shows leadership qualities, and it's our job as educators in the system to um, find a way for that child to express the strengths they're showing, maybe not in the best setting or the best way, but we can see that strength. We can see that child being resourceful or whatnot. So it's also because these meetings can get, like Howard said, very easily circular into what's going wrong. So it's saying, well, I see a strength in that. And how can we as a team foster that behavior into a strength rather than um, what we're seeing right now in the setting? How can we change the setting rather than always trying to change the child? And that's exactly how it was worded to him, Veronica, just what you said, Mm -hmm. that it's not necessarily instigating. You know, there's some significant leadership skills here, and that's what we're going to build on. Yeah, you hit right on how we just worked that right here. So. He's passionate about what he believes in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And see, yeah. that's the beauty of the approach is we all can see in that lens. And so I may come up with something different, but Catherine also saw it a little bit different. And so if you just set that out there, it can be the exact opposite circular. It can be everyone then saying, oh, I see it as this and that. instead of, But instead of the deficit, it's the strength. Have the ability to see it. Have you seen a certain? Go ahead, Howard. I have two questions, and you could take any either one. And um, have you seen? They both have to do with inspiring other people. So, have you seen these meetings inspire other colleagues from other disciplines? Um, And the other piece, which is kind of related, is um, have you 
I always thought the danger, and, and I'm an outsider to these um, in, in the biggest sense of the word, but I'm familiar enough to to know that one thing from my uh, kind of uh, from the helicopter point of view um, of of looking at the big picture that could go wrong is if if I have an IP with a kid who's got behavioral issues and um, and it, it and it calls for like one on one or it calls for and that one on one isn't trained or if mm-hmm. it calls for somebody outside coming in to um, to identify this child, this particular child, to single out this child and nurture him, you know, and where it's kind of obvious to the other kids in the room, you know, I always thought that that could backfire in the classroom in the sense that the other kids already feel like this kid's been a thorn in the teacher's side. He, he's he's made things difficult for the classroom, and now he's getting nurtured. You know, I'm going to act out so I could get an IP, so I could get nurtured. Um, I think it inspires the understudies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and I want to know, have you used this to get the whole class on board? You know, right. to, to say, well, what's the, here's the problem if I come in and just do this for this one child, can can we do this for everybody? And, right. Um, I, so you you know, I'd love to hear your responses to that. Well, the first one, um, yes, I think that being a broken record uh, to your staff, to the teams you work with, is essential. And eventually, they're going to want to know more information. Um, I, I was just at an IEP last week where I was nervous to go into it. It was at our county school for expelled youth. So think about mm-hmm. that. I and mean, these mm-hmm. are kids that have had the <laughs> ultimate school failure. And I knew it was going to be one of those IEPs where there was 15 plus people, outside agencies, probation, you know, that, what have you. And um, our county behaviorist had just come back from the June training. Um, in Sacramento, and so I was wondering, I was thinking, you know, maybe I'm not going to have to lead this. Maybe I have a comrade this time, and it was very inspiring. This is a traditional behaviorist, um, traditional ABA-type model that he has always followed, and the way in which he um, talked about how he wanted to revamp the behavioral system was very inspiring, and I, I was feeling relief in myself that I didn't have to be the one to lead the meeting because I can't always be there. I mean, we can't always be at some of these meetings, so we need, like you said, Howard, to inspire others. And he did make it about the relationship that he was having success with. This particular student was having success with an aide, so we were going to try and foster that. And the first thing he said is, if we're going to do a new behavior support plan, we have to start with something that he is already doing and already being successful at, and I don't care if it's the smallest thing. Mm -hmm. And what we came up with is he is coming to school every day and shaking that person's hand. And so Mm -hmm. that was the behavior he was going to target. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, so yes, we can inspire other people to um, to shift their energy. I think it's really providing the approach to them as well um, mm-hmm. and supporting them and talking about their strengths as a professional and really building them up to be flexible and try something new. And I was mm-hmm. immensely proud. The mom said it's the first IEP she's ever been at where she didn't have an anxiety attack 
Um, oh, she also oh, talked about goodness. the fact that she really wants to work on her parenting. And so we had, by the whole time, and it was a long IEP, but by the whole time we had everyone on board working for the same greater good, the same intention. Mm-hmm. And it kind of flows into your second question of um, how, you know, we were doing and providing a lot of nurtured heart to this young man who was responding to it, and the teacher was saying, but everyone does. Um, and it's not just an intervention for this student. This is something I can do for all of the students. Um, he was a little overwhelmed with the individuality of the plan mm-hmm. and said he really wanted to focus on this student. And I was just proud that he didn't say something to the effect of, I can't because of these other students. He said, I really want to use him kind of as a pilot to see how this can work and then how no we can kidding. deliver this, this individually is a teacher who is new to the new, just hearing about it for the first time? Yeah, um, it's not brand new, um, but it's not something he's utilized in his class. He's very natural at relationship building, mm-hmm. but he really liked the notion of Shamu in success, mm-hmm. building on success, and he was right on board for tailoring this um, kid's daily academic schedule for the relationships because that's the only thing going right for him right now is, this, is the relationships in school. Mm-hmm. So he, he didn't say, I can't do this because the other students are going to want to do this. He said, let's try it and see, and then maybe we can implement it um, to my whole class. It really sounds it'll to work, me. So he'll probably want to implement it to his mm-hmm. whole class, and then we can, as a team, help support him on how to do that. Mm. I'm hearing how I that new behavior is. Sorry. No, I was Go just going to say that behavior. You guys brought an element of optimism. I mean, I, I'm like Howie. I'm, I'm an outsider. I circle and I see these forms and I hear parents talk about them. And they're just, they hold us hostage. I think they hold us yep. hostage at, at focusing on what's going wrong. And so when you say, gosh, this kid comes every day and he shakes my hand, there's so many ways you could tease out that one great behavior into all sorts of greatness. And it brings that optimism that you don't right. have when you focus on the negative stuff. Right, and we wrote it into the IEP. I mean, I love that. We weren't afraid to do that. I think, and I'm big on compliance. I'm I'm a little geeky. I like the law. I like compliance because I think it can guide us to do what's best for the kid. To be honest, mm-hmm. so I don't see anywhere in compliance or a special ed law that says you cannot say what's working. And I just do it. We write them in our behavior support plans, um, but we don't go away. That's the key. You can't just put nurtured heart in an IEP or a behavior support plan or a 504 and then expect people to do it. You have to model it and then also coach that teacher, that aide, that administrator on how to implement it with fidelity. Right, and you always want to write an IEP with the idea that you might not be the one administering it. I mean, what if this family picks up and moves? Because you need to write it for the person who doesn't know you that just picked it up and can read it but yet can provide support to the student. Mm -hmm. So as much as, like Catherine used the word, you know, in some ways they hold us hostage, they're also a necessity. You know, like for my my sons, they – whether you always love what they say or not, they still require a level of support that, you know, rec- you know that supports what a specific student needs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Hmm. Yeah, I agree I'm, with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking. So, Doreen, as you're back into the school, I know this is a brand-new, exciting adventure for you after a hiatus for a while. Is this... How are you already kind of thinking about formulating these new IPs and these meetings that you're already having a week, what, a week or two weeks into this new role for you or this, this return? 
Are you looking well, at them and shaking all, your head? No. First of all, I'm, uh, I'm looking to inspire the staff that I work with. They're already turning heads. And uh, I, I work at one of the two most challenging schools in the district purposely. Mm-hmm. And so I already have our in-school counselor who's completely on the board. He can't eat up enough nurtured heart stuff that I can just verbally give him. Mm-hmm. He loves it. He, he loves what he hears in meetings. He loves the way he sees I'm directing, directing these parents and particularly the kids in my class. And particularly, again, I have five. Um, this is a school with intervention coaches and um, protective safe rooms, students that are, are uh, a, too much a danger to themselves or others to function well you know, in a neighborhood school setting. We get them. And they're amazing kids. They've, you know, dealt with more than adults, a lot of adults have dealt with. So Nurture Heart really has a tremendous impact, particularly for a lot of these kids who, you know, will spend part of their day blowing out because just Mm -hmm. of a simple... Just a simple disagreement with someone and their portfolio, as Howard always loves to put it, of the way them, they see themselves, you know, is what mm-hmm. the biggest thing to change. That and building in the ability to manage flexibility and strong feelings because they all yeah. have a huge amount mm-hmm. of it. So just the way I've approached them right away with changing their portfolio, the way they see themselves, has had tremendous impact. I had a, a kiddo who he would tell me immediately, don't give me compliments. I don't like those, you know, and I, I'm used to hearing four-letter words in my direction all day long. And it took him a week, and now mm-hmm. he doesn't say a word when I tell him how amazing he is. He's adjusted that fast to compliments. So when I am looking ahead to this, first I'm working on, you know, letting all the staff that I have to deal with, because there's way more staff than there are certificated people that we have to utilize all the time, getting them accustomed to what I'm doing, because we've only been at school less than four weeks. Mm -hmm. And then I can look at how I'm going to incorporate this down the line. The best I've been able to do with my own son so far is, you know, the way things are worded. But mm-hmm. because no one in the district is familiar with this, when I come at it from a parent angle in an IEP meeting, and I actually have one for my oldest son tomorrow morning, it's me versus 10 professionals, and it's mm-hmm. tough. So I've had yeah. to work really hard at balancing that, how I can word things and how I can steer those meetings from you know, my perspective so that I'm hearing, I usually reframe what I hear. A teacher will tell me all these things about my oldest son, Garrett, that are negative, and I will reframe back to them what I heard that was good. Mm, And I do that constantly, constantly. Mm. Even, I mean, he got suspended Friday for a bus issue that didn't even have to do with school. And it was, you know, whether I agree with it or not, when the principal (coughs) talked to me, he's at a very strict junior high now, when they regular school. When they Mm -hmm. talked to me about what happened, I immediately speak back to them all the things I heard that he did right. And usually it resets the conversation I'm having Mm -hmm. with them. And it makes a difference there. So, Can I I, uh, comment on um, I just want to just drink in the beauty of of, (laughs) you said so many incredible, powerful things. And, And one theme that you started with was this young man who was um, telling you not to compliment him, and uh, you know there's uh, you know for our listeners there's probably um, a few key pieces 
that um, I want to see if uh, I could appreciatively inquire about uh, to fill in the gaps because I sure. guessed that you didn't stop there. You know, you didn't stop, you know, complimenting and run run for the hills with your tail between your legs. Somehow you said, I hear you, you know, just like reframing what the principal said, you most likely said something like, I hear you don't want me to compliment you, and, and I appreciate that you're telling me in your words. You know, you gave them yet another compliment. <laughs> you, you know. I'm actually a lot more confrontational. I just told him no. I said, I know how amazing you are. I've seen how smart and kind you are, and I look in your beautiful brown eyes, and I know what a good, kind, loving young man you are. And I said, and I'm not going to stop telling you how great you are. And he just stared at me, and then I walked away. But There's he's a warrior nine. right there. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I refuse to not acknowledge your greatness. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. You are. You're fierce. Look out. Thanks. And work at it. Look out, Anchorage. <laughs> and I We're working on it. Maureen makes a good point about the fact that these kids, that's all they've heard for many years about how bad they are, what, whatever your adult is concerned about, they can't read, what, what have you. I mean, we said the list could go on. So I do think it's important if the energy has shifted for them to come to their IEPs. But to also be realistic, I think that this is a change that is very hard to accept for some educators. So if you know that that IEP is going to go south, Sometimes I'll say, you know, I don't think that uh, the child should be there to hear all this part of it. You know, let's bring them in when we're talking about this strength. Or if it's a really, if there's a time where we can, as educators, share and staff this piece without the parent and the child, so we, so we can vent and get all of this stuff out before. I think that can really help. A lot of that pre-work of um, not getting in that circular discussion, but allowing the child to come in and hear, you've met this goal. Mm-hmm. You know, we are. We want to share and applaud you. We'll get up in some of our IEPs and give kids standing ovations for mm-hmm. meeting their goals or whatnot. And so it's really being intentional and purposeful about what parts of the IEP meeting they're in. Mm. Right. Well, or that's a, actually a brilliant yeah. idea. Yeah. What, what or have a during? separate one with just the student. Yeah. Right. That includes, or just you know, exactly. if you could do a piggyback yeah. version. Yeah. Right. Go ahead, Howard. Oh, I was just imagining what it would be like to be a student getting a standing ovation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's really yeah. fun. That's to do. <laughs> yeah, it would. Yeah. I'm hearing you both talking about how you can how you can use stand one even if you don't have let's say you're a parent and you come into an IEP meeting and that the staff doesn't know nurture heart approach but you do and you see this IEP or you're hearing about these challenges. And Doreen, you so clearly talked about how you can refuse to energize the negativity. I refuse to yes. go there with you. I'm not joining you in this space. Here I'm going to flip it to what's going well, or at least what I heard you saying well kind of yeah. in between the lines. Yeah. And so, you know, I was going to ask you the question, what can a parent do if they're going into an IEP meeting and they, they know Nurtured Heart, but their school doesn't. I and that it. to me is such a great starting place, Doreen. Mm-hmm. So I'm so glad you gave that example. And then, Veronica, you said the same thing, right? Not, let, yes. not bringing the parents in into the negativity or the child into right. the negativity. We're going to honor stand one on their behalf because that's living stand one for them. I love that. Thank right. you guys for that clarity for I think me. I just being strong and saying, I mean, there's so much parts, like Doreen said, the paperwork can actually, it can work against us or it can work for us. 
So there's times where I'll say, you know, I don't think this is part of the IEP. We need to get back to blah, blah, blah. Even if it's a mundane subject of, you know, one little box that we haven't checked, but sometimes that's enough to get off that tangent. Because so often IEPs can turn into this period of time where someone, one of the one of the staff or one of the educators is using it as a conference time, and that's not the intention of the IEP. The intention is building right. a plan, an individualized plan that will protect and work for the student. So if we can keep going back to that intention, going back to that purpose, I think it's important. So having someone on the team to be having that as their role is really essential because sometimes parents can't do that. I mean, Doreen has an advantage where, one, she's, she's very powerful yeah. in and of herself. She's, she's a very confident person as well as having the knowledge. So she, she just is going to rock those IEPs. But there's some parents who have no skills and have also some of the same, you know, some of the same things going on as their kids. So it's important to honor them and what True. they're doing right. Well, they could get That's rolled okay. over. I, I hear, oh, they could get rolled over. Yeah. I hear so many parents who've said, you know, I walked into this IP and, and they were, uh, you know, um, throwing diagnoses and pathology yep. mm-hmm. around. And, and they're and, not supposed to do that. That no, is dis- no. That's disrespectful no. to the parents. And but in Alaska, done. at least, it, it, it really I know is it done. is. And yeah. I walked into one once uh, on behalf. I had been working with the family for a few months, and and this family had really dug in and helped their extremely defiant, oppositional son to turn around, really, in, in a, a major way at home. And and uh, we were aware that the child was in trouble, and there was an IP meeting they wanted me to attend. So I I came in and I didn't know what hit me. There were like you said, fifteen mm-hmm. people there, mm-hmm. and um, you know, with their computers mm-hmm. and their you know, yes. like like rigor of uh, you know, and 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 it took a while to drink in. The tenure of the meeting was really like a lynching. They wanted him out. They were right. they, they were uh, like they were like uh, they had an insider plan to vote him off the island. <laughs> into you know into some other yes worth yes. and I and I had on behalf of the parent so I think it's a good idea to have an advocate there yes because yes. um, on behalf of the parent I said stop at some point and I said you you got you all haven't you know um, uh, uh, paused to hear what is incredibly important in this equation is that these parents, mm-hmm. and then I gave my spiel about what had been achieved, and I'm not sure it made a hill of beans difference in this case, but, uh, you know, it, it really was able to acknowledge these parents and take them, you know, off the ceiling and, um, you know, help, you know, kind of right the ship to some extent. But it was, it was mm-hmm. the most awful experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I've I've personally been there. That I went through mm-hmm. that personally with my oldest son uh, two years ago, and the only way I staved it off the first time is because I know to collect data mm-hmm. myself, and the Good only point. way that you can, um, you know beat off the professionals from their direction, their heading, is to have data yourself that demonstrates, mm-hmm. 
either the opposite of, you know, the direction they're going Mm -hmm. or, you know, enough because their job is not only to fill in the boxes and and create this legal document, but you're right about the insider part. That's, Mm -hmm. there's no way around that part if you're a parent, unfortunately. And Mm -hmm. in my experience, if you have a group of professionals that all have one agreed upon decision you know, to remove your child, you know, they're at the end of their toolbox. They're out of tools. And it's not mm-hmm. because your kid isn't amazing. Um, mine certainly is. But none of those adults had the tools. So they're going to pass them off to somebody else. Right. And part and of it, it is – go ahead. Go ahead, Veronica. Part of it is if there is a trainer that that can work with that team – that's when this coaching model that I'm so grateful that we have learned um, over the past year or so, the new Nurtured Heart Coaching, that's when that comes in mm-hmm. because we know it works with kids. And that's what I always say right. to people when I come in. They're like, oh, gosh, the kid was awesome. They were awesome for you. And I say, oh, my gosh, guess what? You can learn to, to be me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not mm-hmm. me. I don't have that magic. Um, I don't have a magic wand, but I have something that can work. And this is what I saw you doing right today with this really challenging, intense kid. And you start in on that staff member, and Mm -hmm. it can shift that resistance very, very quickly. But, again, I feel as educators, we tell, 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 and we never teach. So it's very important to follow up and model and coach with these resistant um, members. And that can be in the IEP, too. Yes, what, uh, oh, no. yes that's going, an accommodation. It going yes. south we run, is we predicated on methods that the child's not responding yep. to. But I said mm-hmm. to Celeste this morning on a, on a phone call about her, you know, um, kind of her, her proposal to, uh, to uh, present at the summit coming up in January, is plus yes. for the summit in January, is, is that some kids just, Seem to me like they've been holding out on everybody. To they 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 they've been waiting for somebody to talk to them on a soul level. They've mm-hmm. been waiting right. to really yeah. be seen in a profound yeah. way. And they they you know when so so if we can not only somehow house that in the language people could yep. hear, but we could then coach to it. Then mm-hmm. yes. the if the. So then the new IP almost has to be about coaching. It yes. almost has oh, we, to be because if we know this child's going to respond, if we have the evidence, as Doreen says, the data to, yep. to right. say with certitude this child, in fact, does respond. It's, you know, he's not responding to other methods. You're right. And he is responding to this. Right. Let's coach you on that. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's an accommodation. Yeah, yeah. in California, it can be a service, actually. It's really cool. I think we're the only state that um, operates mental health in our schools, and so there is a service um, called social work service, and the main service is consultation. And so we put it on the IEP, Howie. You're exactly right. Once it becomes a part of the IEP, that also makes us as educators accountable and right. the teacher is able to receive it a little better, <laughs> I've found anyway. And up here in Alaska, we have a, it's called accommodations, and there's a whole yeah. accommodation page. And you can, and also up here, we do something separate called a BIP or a behavior intervention plan, mm-hmm. and those are separate. And that's where, uh, you, you know, putting it. something like Nurture mm-hmm. Heart can have a much, mm-hmm. you know, bigger, you know, written 
impact as well on right. those because they're, they're considered an additional legal document up here that yeah. follows the child from school to school. Right. But the advocacy, right. that's one thing, Howard, you pointed out. If you're a parent and you feel overwhelmed or uncomfortable about attending an IEP meeting and you feel like it's you against all these professionals otherwise, bring an advocate. Like yes, in Alaska, we I have agree. Alaska Disability Law, and they will attend any meetings with you to help advocate for your child, as well mm-hmm. as any counselors or specialists you have that are outside the school district in a lot of cases. It can make a big difference. Yes, I agree wholeheartedly. I love that you guys brought that up as you were talking about it. I was thinking of my brother who just went to see oncology, and he said, you know, it's a comparison. He said when the oncologist started giving him prognosis, he glossed over, and he wasn't hearing anything anymore. And I think the same thing happens to our parents. They're sad. They're defeated. They're frustrated. They're they're depressed. They're whatever their big feelings that they're feeling. And they gloss over when we start talking about these deficits and this big agenda and these plans. So I I love the idea of bringing someone to listen and advocate on your behalf. Who are the advocates who are what what? disciplines they come from? It's different. It's different for every parent. Some parents have advocates from agencies. I recommend what Doreen said, too, speaking at an agency. But if you don't have that, bring someone that you know in your life that you have a trustful relationship with. Write down your talking points. Write down your concerns. Write down what you want to get across. If Nurtured Heart is something you want in the IEP, talk to that person about it because Catherine's right. It's, It's like Julio, right? When we're doing right. that Julio exercise, people stop listening after about the third negative, mm-hmm. negative comment. So the same right. thing happens to parents, and when you get to the real work of the IEP, they can't hear it. So if they have someone that can just talk for them, it, mm-hmm. I think it alleviates right. the anxiety, and they, um, they, can, they can talk for themselves at some point in the IEP. It, it makes a difference if both parents can attend, even if you're a single parent, even if you don't always yeah. personally have the best relationship with your former spouse. If, as long as your former spouse and you agree on, you know, putting your child first and, you know, you at least have a good communication going on about what's best and what, you're, what you want for your child, make a point to bring, you know, that former spouse with you, the other parent, to the meeting it, it makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. You might not be able to agree on other issues, but if you can agree on what's best for your kid and what you want to see, having that mm-hmm. other parent with you, it, it pulls weight, you know, to be sitting Absolutely. with both parents at a meeting. So that's a really good thing. Or, you know, if you're happily married but one parent usually does all the education, pull in the other parent, you know, get them involved. It, it helps to have someone by your side. Mm-hmm. i got to tell you mm-hmm. something. I was once at a meeting where a very savvy parent, uh, an empowered parent, maybe over-empowered, but who cares. Um, um, They showed up with a newspaper reporter to (laughs) one of these meetings. And i got to tell you that the conspiracy of the insider thing ended right there. I'm sure. Everybody was on their best (laughs) behavior. Everybody, every single person. So you know, play hardball. Do whatever you do, whatever you need to do. Lawyers help too. Right, right. Howie right. and Doreen and Veronica, you, you all. We have to wrap up here very quickly. So what I'm going to encourage you to do is take a minute and think about your last parting words of wisdom that you'd like to leave, either for a parent who's coming into an IEP this fall 
or teachers who are trying to infuse the language. While you think about that, I'm going to take a moment to invite listeners to become followers of Nurtured Heart Channel on Blog Talk Radio. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook. You can click the icons or the links on the channel page. Anybody who's joining us for the first time or just wanting a great training, there's a free e-course online. You can find the details for registration at childrensuccessfoundation.com. Howie, you mentioned that coming up in January there is the Global Summit as well as, I believe, another week-long intensive. Is that correct? That is okay. true. It's the very next intensive, so Fantastic. very excited about that. And that's the um, and it culminates in a gala for the foundation and a um, <clears throat> and the summit that's on the 24th and 25th of January. So for anybody who's been wanting to choose between the Global Summit and the Intensive now, we don't have to. We just come and stay for all Isn't of it. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> that was incredibly mm-hmm. helpful of you, Howie. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So, Doreen and Veronica, any really quick last words that you want to say? This has been so rich, and the time went by so fast. It did. Go ahead, V. I I would say um, just to keep to the intention, because that can work for a parent, teacher, anybody in the IEP. Keep to the intention of the and the purpose of the IEP, which is working for the child, to be child-centered and keep the intention and the purpose towards working for that child. Beautiful, thank you. And I would say for, sorry, I would say for parents, you are your child's best advocate all the time. You know what things they're doing well. And even if you are not exactly sure of the IEP process, if you're listening, you're already interested in Nurtured Heart. And, and I would encourage you to go in armed with your, your language of all the great things your child can do and what you goals you have for your child based on the skills you know they're successful at and just be that best advocate. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Howie, how about you? Anything you want to add? Or? No, I'm, <laughs> a, I, I'm in awe of yeah. the wisdom, and I want to use my two cents last words to just be so grateful, grateful with the <laughs> expertise of Doreen O'Brien and Veronica Coates and and my colleague Catherine Stafford and mm-hmm. uh, I'm I'm in awe of uh, your empowered um, strategies and clarity and organizational uh, the organizational beauty of how you of how you go about things you know within the context of the law mm-hmm. and in, in in also in context of your um, veracity and your determination to get things done and to uh, work on behalf of the children. So mm-hmm. I, I want to uh, make sure that's loud and clear. And, and my thanks. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you both mm-hmm. for your willingness to share part of your Sunday. Thank you for refusing to not see greatness in every child. Mm-hmm. I really honor. I honor you both for your dedication to developing these strength-focused plans. Um, Amazing, amazing work. We're going to be changing gears next month. We're talking about uh, grandparents raising grandparents with Nurtured Heart Approach for October. Our special guests are going to be Gail Anderson and Laura Bailey, who bring a wealth of experience. Again, for any listeners who haven't signed up for podcasts, go to childrensuccessfoundation.com and register. And be sure to check the Children's Success Foundation website for upcoming courses, latest news, and events down the line. Thank you all, and enjoy the rest of your Sunday evening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye. Any stories shared in this broadcast are amalgams of experiences based on the use of the Nurtured Heart Approach, 
by our host and our guests and are not based on any particular person, child, or adult. Won't you? 